Hello, good friends. This is Dan Jones with this quiet talk that I hope is a blessing to you today that I want to share with you. Joshua, as you no doubt know, was, was the successor of Moses. When he started his career as the leader of Israel, God said to him, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And in case Joshua missed it the first time, God said again, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, why do you think God said this to Joshua? I think it's because Joshua was afraid. Why was that? Well, he had to follow in the footsteps of a man of whom it had just been said, There has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, none like him for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did. In the sight of all Israel. How would you like to follow that man? You know, I've known pastors who were much loved by their congregations, and when they left, a new guy became pastor, and all the new guy ever heard was, uh, well, Pastor so and so did it this way. Such an encouragement. But Joshua did a pretty good job. He took God's words of encouragement to heart. Before I get to what I really want to talk about, let me just quote one more thing God said to him in the beginning. Many of you know this verse, and it's a good one to remember always. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That principle applies to us even if we don't have to conquer the promised land, although in reality there's a sense in which we each must do that. But that's for another talk. God was telling Joshua that the only road to success lay through the word of God. He was to fill his soul with that powerful word. He was not only to learn it and speak it, but to meditate in it day and night. Check out the first psalm for a reiteration of that command. Now, Joshua's job was to lead the people into the promised land, the land of Canaan. Israel approached the land from the east across the river Jordan. By the way, contrary to all the songs you've heard about this river, in the Bible, crossing Jordan is not a metaphor for dying and going to heaven. After they crossed the Jordan, the battle was just begun. 
But before they started fighting, an interesting thing occurred. God ordered the priests to go ahead of the people about a thousand yards and step into the Jordan River carrying the Ark of the Covenant. When they did, the waters backed up sort of like they did at the Red Sea, and the people were able to walk across on dry ground. The priests stayed there holding the ark until the entire nation crossed over. Then when they came out, the waters rushed back again. But there was one more thing. Joshua told a representative from each of the 12 tribes to pick up a stone from the river where the priests stood and place it by the bank where they crossed. He said, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Have you ever noticed in the Bible that God is big on us remembering the things he's done for us? After the flood, God put a rainbow in the sky to remind the earth of his promise to never flood the planet out again. God gave Israel the feast of the Passover so they would always remember how God miraculously delivered them from Egypt. That feast is observed to this day. And when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, he wrote them on tablets of stone and told them to keep them inside the Ark of the Covenant forever. Looks like God considered the Ten Commandments to be pretty important. And of course, you remember, at the Last Supper, Jesus said to his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. And we do that also to this very day. So here with Joshua, he tells them to place these 12 stones by the River Jordan as a perpetual reminder of not only the crossing of that stream, but of all the great works he did for them in bringing them from Egypt to the great land he had long ago promised to their father Abraham. Why is God big on this memorial thing? Simply because we are big on forgetfulness. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, we read, Take care, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make a carved image, the form of anything that the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Psalm 78 says that God established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. The sad tragedy of the story of Israel is that they repeatedly forgot all 
that God had done for them and went after idols, false gods, and they suffered as a consequence of their forgetfulness. We human beings have a tendency to remember the bad stuff better than we remember the blessings we receive. I just assume Satan helps us with that. Setting up stones is probably not the best way for you to remember God's work, but still you should be diligent to memorialize all he has done for you. And you should pass these things on to your children so that they might trust God and see him work in their lives as well. I could go on for a long time telling of the things that God has done for me and my family over the years. My wife and I have been married for 42 years. We have a son who will be 41 years old in less than two months. So let me just relate one incident that I have memorialized in my mind. We lived for three and a half years in northwest Washington state. Because of circumstances I won't relate here, we had to move back to our hometown of Memphis. We have nine children. At the time, the oldest was 14. He actually had his birthday on the road. I drove a moving truck with our stuff, and my wife drove a 12-passenger Chevy van with our kids. Actually, we only had eight at the time, but... (laughs) What's one kid more or less when you're driving 2,400 miles over the Rocky Mountains? Sometimes when I think back on that trip, it scares me. Funny how something that is in the past can scare you when it actually turned out okay. But I sure wouldn't want to make that trip today. But God was with us. He got us to Memphis safely. He met our every need, and I'll never forget that. My friend, I urge you to recall often the ways in which God has met your needs through the years. When you do this, your faith will grow. Heavenly Father, help us to always remember all of your great works, Lord. So many things you've done in our lives that we so seldom remember and thank God for. Help us to remember, even as children, the way in which you protected us, provided for us. And all through our lives, Lord God, help us to always memorialize the great works of God for us in our lives, that we might give you glory and pass that glory on to our children. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend, pray for us at the Bread of Life Anglican Church, uh, where we are seeking to establish this congregation in the Schenectady, New York area. We meet every Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning at the American Legion Hall, which is located at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady. If you're in that area, if you don't have a church home, come worship with us. And as always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God bless you.